Alright, well, welcome to episode two of uh, the Noodle Nexus Star Wars podcast. <laughs> Official title, GM. That's it, Ty, yeah. Until we can think of something better, that's, that's what we're going with, like, so. Um, so, how are you doing today, Noodle? What's the, how's it going in Star Wars land, Ty? How are you, how are you kind of feeling about Star Wars at the moment? Oh, like, with the Bad Batch now being out two uh, two two episodes yeah it's 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 good it's uh it's good it's nice to have a series releasing again it's been what what, what was the last was it mandalorian season two or was it clone wars season seven nice season two definitely God. even that's still so bloody long ago but it's, it's it's just really nice to have like like the comics and the books and all coming out very regularly is great and especially when you're going to be up to date we can have like you know many 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 conversations weekly about that stuff but having like a show releasing you know is it's um it's its own thing it's like comparable to like a movie coming out you know it's like the big topic of discussion so that's been uh that's been really nice um it is it is definitely good to have uh content to consume yeah especially for uh something like this you know um yes and we're definitely going to hardcore dive that dive dive into the bad batch but dive dive Dive, dive, huh? I thought that. <laughs> I thought like um, just to start it off, we could have a a brief convo about something that happened within the Star Wars community when the Bad Batch started with aftermath, the first episode, and as you know, this is something that uh, I raised as well. But it's something I have uh, since dealt with. I've gone to therapy. I'm doing. Okay. <laughs> I'm doing okay. <laughs> um, so. This kind of comes around, and this this isn't something that hasn't happened before. This was just one of the more egregious ones. And I think that's why it has raised the flags it has. So, the Bad Batch episode one uh, aftermath starts on the planet Collar, which is as soon as I heard that name, I was like, oh, because that's like the main setting for the first arc of the Kanan comic, um, which is like Kanan's backstory basically. Um, really, really good comic. I think it's Greg Weissman wrote it. Um, and so then Depa Balaba run like Roxon, and then um, young Caleb Doom comes like skating in. And immediately when I saw the scene, I was like, "Oh, right, this is gonna be different." Yeah. Like, as soon as I, I saw it, I audibly gasped. Yeah, I, mean, I was like, I saw Depa Balaba, and I was like, "All right, oh, all right, <laughs> I can, I can." I can see what's going to happen, but yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to get my hopes up. Yeah, I mean, it's a really, it and is a just really nice connection. Kane and fucking surfing into screen, the screen basically is just. I suppose they, they I ha- was. Um, they had the models right excited. from Clone Wars season seven, so like, you know, may as well use them. And like, I get, I get why they did it. So, so the, obviously in the Kane comic, the um the Order sixty six scene, which is the, kind of the one that's been changed. It happens like after this battle. And it's like late at night, and they're all around this campfire, and um, Kanan has like this really good bond with two, specifically two of his clones, and um, then Order sixty six happens, and all hell breaks loose, and there's a whole part of the first arc of the comic where Kanan is getting hunted across Kalor by these two clones, and then he escapes Kalor, and then you have the rest of the comic. Yeah, it is like that that whole story that uh, makes it very clear how. How much the Order sixty six actually changed things, like how the Jedi had a very good 
relationship with the clones mostly. Oof. And um, then they uh, did not anymore. It's just uh, just uh, not friends anymore. And huh? they decided to kill each other. Yeah. So uh, or not really each other. The um, <laughs> in terms of, like the the two, so obviously the change is that in the in the comic, if you want to look exclusively at the the comic incidents, um. It's like a different time of day. Depa Balaba's lightsaber is a different color. I don't know why they changed that. <laughs> um, well. And obviously the Bad Batch were never there. Uh, but they make like they make like tons of references to the comic in this actual first section. So the fact it's on color means that they, they're still acknowledging the story. And the pose that Depa Balaba strikes, like when she gets surrounded by the clones, when she kind of like holds her lightsaber over, above her hair and yeah. um, like holds her arm, that's like, her pose from the comic like she and, and young caleb do that a lot so I, I i was a bit salty when i saw this initially i still love the scene but i was like mm, okay um but i've i've reconciled that you know um like but you know i i think it's a bit funny that you were actually salty about that because i was i i can still very much remember when i read ahsoka mm-hmm. and you were salty, but like the other way around, because like the whole Siege of Mandalore thing in the book Ahsoka is different to uh, to what happens in Clone Wars, mm-hmm. and the book happened before Clone Wars, though. Yeah. And you were saying you would hope sometime they maybe rewrite uh, in the book the section about mm-hmm. about the Siege of Mandalore. I think it's because like. When uh, this is exactly the other way around, my friend. I mean, <laughs> the it is a bit different because the Siege of Mandalore stuff in the Ahsoka novel is like a flashback and it's like away from the main events of the book. Whereas in the Canaan comic, the Order 66 scene is very integral to the events of the comic. Right? It's like that that is the present day, quote unquote. So like it's it's more key to it. But I've like you know thought, what I'm getting at, though, right? Oh yeah, 100%. <laughs> and like, like this hasn't this isn't the first time this has happened. Um Yeah, yeah, I know. And it's it, it it's taken me a, a little bit because like kind of the big thing when the canon was started was like, right, this is going to be different than legends, you know, everything is going to piece together like, consistently. We have a specific team that's going to maintain that. And sure, but, like did you actually like believe that nothing would ever be changed again in the Star Wars universe? that's the thing right it's it's like accepting that the new canon has been going now for 20 not since many years i think it's not i think it's since 2015 or so so it's like six years yeah, it's not it's not been long i think it's been like it was before it's just for force awakens yeah so like inconsistencies are going to happen and i think um like star wars explained how he had that great video where and this is how he's kind of dealing with it too because obviously he, he uh, he lives and dies on canon consistency, mainly like canon, but he does items as well. Um, and I think someone asked the story group as well, and they you know, basically came out and were like, the story is told differently, but like the core events are basically the same. So like in my head right now, and, and I've done this for like the other inconsistencies, you know, um, like Kanan and Depa Balaba are still on Kalar. Um, the, the two clones from the comic are still there. Like, they, they don't, like, like, Star Wars Explained was saying he was watching very closely to make sure, like, none of them died because that would, like, really, like, bugger things up. But the clones are still there. Granted, they have different color armor, but that's that's whatever, you know. Like, they, they do that. 
they have this Order 66 scene from the Bad Batch where the Bad Batch are there and um the the, the Bad Batch are there and then he has the whole bit where he, where he runs away he k- kicks crosshair against the tree and then he runs off and then he's he's fleeing into the woods of Kalar and then you have the the bit from the comic where he gets chased by the boys and then the rest of the comic goes on exactly as it did so like all you really need to do and this is like someone from someone who's like a really major canon junkie yes it's going to be weird when i read the comic and there's this bit that happens at this campfire which is a really nice scene i know it technically doesn't happen anymore but you're done it in two pages like and then and then you're on to like him running away and so you just have to assume like right the stuff with the bad badge happened and now here comes the rest of the comic and it's taken me a little bit to get there but i got there and it's the same with like the ahsoka novel like it's kind of like, yeah like the discussion we were having like i haven't read yeah. go ahead what i definitely understand like the critique that people have about this whole situation um that somehow the visual media like the um shows and the movies that kind of visual media not mm-hmm. the comics yep always seems to be more important than comics and books and such because mm-hmm. it's it's always been that way around like it's been the way around that there was a canon comic or a canon book thing about uh, a thing happening in the star wars universe mm-hmm. and a show or movie or whatever came along and changed that around and I'm... i do understand why people would be feeling a bit salty on behalf of comic writers and mm-hmm. and book writers and writers in general i guess mm-hmm. um because people did put a lot of their heart and soul into writing those stories. They did do their research. They thought about stuff that would make sense. And then Dave Filoni comes along and says, like, Nope! <laughs> Don't want uh, that. What would you do differently? Which, I mean, is still... like I'm, I'm like, sure, you sometimes you gotta change stuff. Yeah, it's... And that's alright. It's such a huge universe to make a story work... Mm-hmm and work with so many other stories that exist around the same time yeah and to still get to portray the stuff that you want to portray in your show all those things to put those together maybe you just gotta change some stuff sometimes yeah i think it's because like initially when it was set up like everything was said to be on the same level you know and back in legends there was like a whole thing with like canon tears and i don't think that really happened i mean if you want to think about it that way, I think you can. Like, the comics and the books are, are like on the le- on the level of the shows and films, but they're at, like at the behest of them. I kind of, I guess, if you want to think about it that way. But like, yeah. if it was something major, like a, diff- a different planet, or I don't know, one of the clones from the Canaan comic dies, and then therefore can't because because the story of those clones in the Canaan comic is absolutely fantastic, and I can't wait for you to read that um and it doesn't like nothing of that, of that is invalidated you know because like they have the scene in bad batch and then they go on to have the rest of the comic so like nothing of that has been changed so like it's it's very easy and this is someone you know who has like <laughs> I've, I've reconciled this with myself it's very easy to just like read that part of the comic and be like okay that was really fun in the in the, in the context of the comic and then as you read the comic just have the events kind of like massaged in your head to work with the bad batch and like it works with it. It's it's same with Ahsoka. Yeah, like she has the flashbacks to Siege of Mandalore. Yes, you're reading the book and it's a bit 
weird because you know that's not really what happened if you want to think about it that way but it's it's just the context of the book and you can massage it again you squint a bit you massage a bit the same yeah, core events it, happen maybe it doesn't matter that much to the ahsoka book story at that point it's just a flashback and all that but one could also indeed argue i mean we don't we don't know what's going to happen in that much yet but True. I mean, maybe, maybe Caleb is going to show up again at one point. Mm -hmm. We do not know that. But very, very possible. It okay. could also just have been a little bit of fan service because they were like, oh. Oh, "Let's let's let's show him Caleb." They would like that. I think it absolutely and is. Yeah. That that would be like, yeah, okay, but then you could have just left it out. Like, it's cool, and like I I did love that moment of seeing Caleb in the bad patch there. Yeah. But if it basically retcons a, star uh, a comic canon, I don't know if that would be worth it. It's like, yeah, like you could have, like, I, I completely understand why they did it, right? They had they had the models for Kanan and Depa from the, the very beginning of Siege of Mandalore, where you see them for like two seconds. <laughs> yes. um, and uh, I suppose we'll, we'll get more talking about the whole scene when we talk about the Bad Batch as a whole. Um, yes. And they wanted to use them more, so they use them there. It's also a great connection to Rebels, like boys can be like the Leonardo DiCaprio point and meme. There he is, I, and they yeah. can hear. They can hear. I, I was that absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. So that it, it, and the mixture of like uh, that the screen painting. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> freaking out! <laughs> like it is a fantastic moment. I don't want to invalidate that in, in any way, and it's it. I, I have gotten over it. Um, I got I got over it with the Ahsoka, because the Siege of Mandalore was so good, and the other one I remembered happening with was Cobb Vanth in the Mandalorian, um. Mainly, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I didn't actually have to get over it since yeah, I you... just didn't, didn't read the comic before I watched, uh, watched Bad Batch. Yeah, so yeah, um, that's true. I, I didn't have like that strong connection to that, but I, I mean, I get it. I suppose that'll happen more as you read more, I guess. But like, oh yeah, definitely. And here's the main point I think I want to make. Yes, it, it's unfortunate that it happened, and if, if, if I could make the call. Would I would I have let it happen? Probably no. In the grand scheme of things, it doesn't massively matter. Like the the canon is so great, you know, and I can see people being like, "Well, it sets a worrying precedent." Sure, if you want to look at it that way, but is it really worth thinking about? Like, just I mean, everything is kind of worth thinking about, but yeah, but it's worth. I don't think it, it has to be. It has to be like that big of a deal. It, it doesn't have to be like a worrying precedent. It doesn't have to mean that it's going to happen exactly like that, and every Star Wars show will exactly. ever get exactly. And every episode is going to retcon something, and yep. we're just all going to end up like Fantastic Beasts too. Oh god! <laughs> Where the whole movie, whole first movie, basically couldn't have happened anyways. I, I think. Um. um I th yeah. People People are saying these things and be like, but what if they just completely like retcon Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, which is like my favorite comic series. Well, and like, can they do that? Shit, but it can happen. I don't know, but I hear saying I don't think it will because I think people are greatly under like like Disney and Marvel are a business, and you know, and they're putting out these stories weekly, monthly for the you know for the novels and stuff like that. They want you to to still buy those comics yes. without having to think about. Uh, whether they matter having to think about oh in like two months will this maybe all be retconned and we we don't we don't uh we, we wouldn't have to read that anyways and Ex all of that 100 percent. and they they absolutely 
took the Canaan comic in what what I believe happened was they they took the Canaan comic into consideration, and were like, we want Canaan in this, but are we okay changing this this particular section? And the call was made. But I mean, I, I just I just do really hope that we we get some more of Canaan in the Bad Batch now that he has some sort of significance still that it had some sort of significance that they changed canon for that moment because if sure. it was really just for two minutes of canon content then i would be kind of pissed to be honest i'll be i think right now well, i suppose we can talk more when you talk about bad batch which will happen in just a second i i think it could potentially be always see but who knows i just know? hope not we'll see because canon is very oh, he's very untrusting of clones and rebels and if we start getting more interactions between him and like the bad batch then i don't know but anyway so that's like my viewpoint on it. I, I, I'm ultimately reconciled with it. Uh, would I have preferred it didn't happen? Yes. Did I still like seeing young Kanan and hearing Freddie Prince Jr. try to sound like a child? Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I did. I did really like seeing him, regardless. Uh, but that's like that's that's really that. So moving on to the Bad Batch uh, new show. So it's going for fifteen more. No. So this is episodes 1 and 2 out of 16, so 14 more weeks. Um, how do you feel about it so far after having two episodes, one, with one basically being a movie? Just like overall thoughts, and then we'll like dive into specific aspects, I guess. What are you feeling? <laughs> it is good. Yeah. Period. Good. Full stop, just. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Full it's... stop is good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, kind of the same. I love having the Clone Wars. I just, yeah. The animation right from the get-go, you know, like everything looks it, fantastic. Uh, it looks so good. They yeah. really like leveled it up even a step further than uh, from the last season of Clone Wars. It's like, and the last season of Clone Wars already looked so fucking good. Yeah, it really. It's it's like they couldn't waste that animation. Like so, um, no, I'm I'm kind of the same. I really I'm really enjoying it so far. Like the um, the transitional period between. The Republic and the Empire is always something I've been so curious to see, especially for the clones. Yeah. Um, like we knew from Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, which happens like immediately after Revenge of the Sith, and it's a it's an utterly fantastic comic. That like we we already knew the clone factories got shut down like relatively soon ish. Uh, so that was something I really wanted to see, but no, I've been I've been really really liking it so far. Um, just waiting weekly is just pain, but you know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. Um, I mean, like the with the te- second episode, I I really, I, I just I just watched it and then I was like, wait, it's already over. That's it. I just want my seventy-minute episodes back, please. E- every week, please. <laughs> please uh, just let me watch a movie every week. So I guess we can like dive into each episode. So the first episode is aftermath, which is the seventy-minute one, and I have to tell you, right? So so obviously it starts with the Clone Wars logo burning away to the Bad Batch, which which was which they did in the trailer. It was still cool. Yeah, see here and cheesy but cool and it basically it's basically the confirmation like hey dumbass this is just a clone, a clone <laughs> wars continuation clone wars. <laughs> well it's like it's not clone wars but it's basically continuing yeah. on directly from the end i have to tell you see here and tom kane again hey got me yeah like i never thought i would hear that man in star wars again and yeah sure they like you could say well they probably recorded some stuff before he before whatever like whatever happened to him happened but see just hearing him again hey oh man I was, I was like, I was like, I did a wee, you know, piece of the piece of the stars. I was like, yeah. shout out to the big man. I was, it was fantastic hearing him. Um, do you reckon we'll get any more of those? We didn't have one in episode two, 
Or do you reckon... So I've seen people the saying like... Introductory things. Yeah, like the Clone War style. Republic under attack. Granted, you know, the Republic's not around anymore. Like, but I you... mean, you are aware that I was not a huge fan of them in the first place. <laughs> which, is, which is absolute heresy. Huh? Um, well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I really don't know. But if I... we, since we didn't get one in the second episode, I can't believe they just do it like every odd one. Like, My... Yeah. I just think that's not going to be anymore. I saw, yeah, because it starts like really suddenly in episode two. I saw like they got the last one because this is like the end of the Republic, and I thought, oh, okay, that, that's kind of cool if that's what it was. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so they have that, and then obviously it launches right in, and, and the aftermath shows up. Like the I can't remember if they did it with episode two as well, but the I love the way the titles show up. It reminds me of the way they did the Siege of Mandalore titles, where it's just a black screen, just a yeah. aftermath. That was really cool. So then obviously we jump into everything on the planet Collar, which is, um. Depa Balaba, young Caleb Doom fighting off this like last sort of well not the last that they know of anyway, kind of like separatist attack. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was like canon stuff aside. If we're just talking within the confines of the show, it was great seeing young Caleb, and I I did not expect we'd ever get Freddie Prince Jr. back in Star Wars, not for any particular reason. Just never thought we'd get it. Um, after Rebels was done. Um, like maybe we could get like a Kanan down the line somewhere, but I never, I just never thought we'd see it, see him before, you know. Mm. Um, and it was just fantastic. Like, uh, and I, I've seen the memes going about, and people are really, <laughs> people are really cruel on Twitter to Freddie Prince, like attacking him and all, and really? like, yeah, like, was it was it a little weird? Sure, but like, I think I, I mentioned this to you before. It's, like, it's it's Freddie Prince Junior, huh? Like, that, yeah, that's that's Kanan. It, it, it's it is it is Kanan. Yes, they could have hired a voice actor that actually sounded like a child, of course. <laughs> but also, if you are a voice actor, you do also just like um, take the jobs that you get offered sometimes, especially when it's stuff that you have been working in before. Sure. Yep, makes sense. And you do the thing. That the people who pay you want you to do. It's just like any other job. When I sit at work, I also cannot say like I mean I, I could say I'm not I'm not going to do this thing you want me to do because I think it's stupid. Mm-hmm. I could, but I, I wouldn't get paid then and yeah. that would be a bit bad. So I don't know why the hell you would be uh, upset at the voice actor about that. Like, be upset at the studio about it. If it really annoyed you that much, yep. do it. It's all right. But the voice actor really is at no fault there. 100%. Preach to the sky. It's a problem with, like... It's unfortunately not just a problem with this Fred Prince Jr. thing. It's a purveying problem throughout Star Wars, which oh, kind of yeah, sucks. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we, we can go back to uh, Jar Jar. Oh, yeah. That's a, it's unfortunately a recurring problem. Um, but Freddie Prince has been taking it in stride, Imagine you know. But just doing your job. Yeah, I mean, it's like you're hired to do a job. Like it's not like I think people forget the intricacies of voice acting that you're giving voice direction or as well. Acting in general, too. Yeah. It's just. That's like huh. You're giving vo- you be- being given voice direct uh, direction. You just do, like acting and voice acting. It is just another job. And I don't think people um, understand that really. Yeah, I mean, it's like sure, you 
it'd be great that people who voice act and act are like truly passionate about what they do but it is it's a job you know and you're 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 asked to do a certain thing and like and even if like i'm not even saying that people are not passionate about their jobs mm -hmm. and about the thing they do but you do trust your director you do trust the director to tell you what to do and how to do it yep people are just i don't i don't i've never got the mindset i think it's utterly ridiculous that people would would go after a, a voice actor like at differentiating between a character and uh, an actor or a character and a voice actor um i don't i don't think people people know how to do that people i don't just, think people people are stupid huh? like i, I just anyway um yes. so so get getting <laughs> getting him was, was absolutely fantastic like uh, like it's the same thing with james earl jones as vader like in the, in the more recent stuff like if you watch Rogue One, and I'm assuming I think you'll be rewatching it after Rebels or whatever, like it's he definitely sounds older. Like James Earl Jones is an older man now, and you can definitely tell he's older than him, obviously when he was like in the original trilogy. That being said, would I rather have James Earl Jones as an older man, and he, you can tell he sounds different when we have James Earl Jones, or would I rather have voice actor X who can like do a really good job of the Vader voice? Give me James Earl Jones every time. Like, I will gladly take the L of him sounding a bit older just to have James Earl Jones do more Darth Vader. And the exact same with Freddie Prince doing more. I also just don't care that much. Like, <laughs> it still sounds like Vader. Yep, exactly. And, like, it's, it's not like James Earl Jones is trying to, like, be a child. <laughs> sure <laughs> not to like um put put another stone on that on that caleb thing yep oh i think it's uh i think it's completely completely fine like i just like i'll i'll take it just to have that voice actor back again so yes. uh and then we have all the stuff with the um like basically re-meeting the bad batch um just going by like scene by scene here like and we can chat about the scenes as a whole so the the bad batch kind of roll in we get like reintroduced to all of them, like Kanan's explaining them all to Depa Balaba, just for the the dumbasses who haven't, <laughs> who don't know who they are, who haven't watched the Clone Wars. I'm not joking. Um, okay, I love get to that later. Still yeah. So, um, and we have all the stuff with them. Then, um, Kanan goes off with the Bad Batch. Order sixty six goes off. Depa Balaba gets shot down, and she screams for Kanan to run, which is the scream that he's going to hear throughout Rebels, basically. Um, they start chasing him through the forest. The Bad Batch really doesn't know what R66 is. They, they've heard it on their comm chatter, but they're not really too sure. Um, you know, which does clear up that whole um, theory or hope. Well, people I guess. were theorizing about how the Bad Batch would react to Order 66 if they were too far removed, let's say, from sure. the other clones to know what it is to or... do that like yeah. to, to do the same thing if they didn't maybe get the inhibitor chip in the first place and all of that that was mm -hmm. it was like some a, theorization theorizing going on about that so it was a big that hope. more or less cleared it up i guess right from the get-go yeah and then so a hunter and crosshair then take off after caleb and they, they send um wrecker and echo and tech to talk to the the reg captain to see what kind of what was going on um, so they, they go through the forest, um, Crosshair tries to shoot Caleb and we get that, you know, following orders bit and it's like, oh God, yeah. huh? 
and he says that throughout the episode yeah and then the moment of like again going back to the animation like whenever Kanan's Caleb's like cloak gets knocked off and he like falls at the bottom of the tree and all the snow kicks up and he ignites the lightsaber it just looks sick <laughs> like it looks it looks very, so good very well made yeah so he, like so then he has the scrap with Hunter and Crosshair he takes off running he jumps across the he, he jumps the chasm <laughs> um and he gets away and they kind of all reunite and get back on the ship and head off to Camino. And Hunter um, is a good boy and tells everyone that um, the Padawan Jedi, dude, Jedi, Jedi Padawan dude is dead. He says like he tried Not to jump like and he's they, yeah. yeah I think he says he jumped. He, he tried fell. to jump. He stunned him. He stunned him mid jump and he fell. Is what he said. And then Crosshair's like, well, "Why'd you look across?" Um, I think it was like a really like again kind of thing aside. It was a really fun introduction. Like it's funny like the um. Uh, the clone captain who's with Kanan and uh, Depa. I believe that's meant to be one of the ones from the comic. And he's like looking at them like destroying the the Separatists in the distance. And he's like, yeah. that's Clone Force 99. And it's like, it's Jason Bourne. <laughs> 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 he's just going in wreck and stuff. Um, what are you... Um, so going into this opening scene, based on the, the the arc from the Clone Wars, who was like... Who are your... Who, which are the members of the Babash that you like most? Which are you more interested to learn about? Because obviously we're going to get some more loads of character stuff with them, which is really exciting. Like, I mean, you you know how you feel about Echo. Echo ah. is a baby. I love Echo. Echo's great. I just, I just want to hug him. He's he's so precious. Yeah, <laughs> Echo's great. That's um, a... You do know that Rekka is a himbo. <laughs> <laughs> Cease. <laughs> it is the truth. You cannot you cannot deny it. Oh, he is no. a big stupid idiot. <laughs> He's fun. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> and That's... Hunter is just a general good boy. Yeah, and I thought He's just he's just such such a nice man. Just such a good boy. In these first two episodes alone, um Hunter's got some really good stuff. I I think like towards the end of this episode but like a lot of good stuff in Cut and Run which we'll talk about after. It. Um I saw a really good like realistic artwork of Hunter yesterday and it's it's basically just Tamara Morrison, but he looks like Rambo, and it's, re- it's re- mm. really good. Because um, it's funny to think about what they like actually look like, you know? <laughs> like, outside of the animation style. They basically, it's, it's just like Tamara Morrison with different hairstyles, and like a yeah. big like like a big Tamara Morrison with like a, one missing eye and stuff like that, you know? Um, I do think it is it is fun, though, that you have like... D. Bradley Baker is so bloody good. Um, yes. And like, <laughs> it's funny, like, if you look at the Bad Batch as, as like a unit, like Echo is like the normal clone voice and then everyone else has like a different voice around him it's just like really impressive which which of which of the so considering it's d bradley baker talking to himself for many scenes <laughs> at a, many scenes at a time which is your like such a funny thing to think about honestly what what do you think he does do you think he stands at one post with the full script and like switches characters or do you think no, he like r- runs between different posts and records the different characters <laughs> <laughs> like I have to record record I need to run over that side of the room. Do you want to see his answer to that? <laughs> I think I mean you know I don't I don't know how he does it like but which is and like well, he definitely probably just speaks one character at a time. That's boring. And then though. he does the same thing and speaks the other character. No. In the same scene. I refuse to believe it. <laughs> I uh, mean the other options are definitely more fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is like your favorite like bad badge voice i know it's a weird question like but considering it is d bradley baker doing finding different voices for these clones the voice um 
I hate to say that it is crosshair. Is the crosshair voice is so good? It's so good. It's like I. I Why it's, does it's, he have such a good voice? I would honestly believe it's a different voice act because he talks like it's. It's like how deep Bradley Baker is just very good. He cha- yeah, like he completely changes like the airiness of his voice. He's just, it's 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 a great voice. Um, like it's. Yeah, I, I I would probably agree. I think I think his crosshair voice is probably the best, and they're all great. Like, if you if you is, played is, me, as... I wouldn't say it is the best. Just like as a statement, I would just say it is my favorite voice that he does for the clans. Sure, I'll 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 concede that. Sure, I think, but I think it's so good that if you played a clip of any of the Bad Batch members saying just a line, so that the the line itself doesn't give away who it is, I think you'd be able to tell who it is. Like I would say, I say oh, easily yes. you could tell, which is like so good from like a voice actor's point of view. So fair play to big big D. Huh? It's uh you know you really really nailed it. And I was like, I love seeing Echo again. Like I remember, I remember at the end of the Bad Batch arc, I can't remember if it was in the story reels. So before the episode was done, maybe this was just was added when the episodes were finished for season seven. But like, I was like, please let Echo join the Bad Batch. Please let Echo join the Bad yeah. Batch. Like the man just needed a home, and I was so happy that he. You find it now. You just get more content with them, which is which is fantastic. Echo deserves it. Yeah, it was like his wee droid hand and all. Echo, <laughs> like an, he's like just, an astromech. Um, he's just like that little that little puppy that you find on the street, and you just you just need to give him a home because he is he, he is so abused. sad and precious. I think I think it is funny though that like so for like the Clone Wars we had uh R two D two we for Rebels we had Chopper for Resistance we had um. CB23 <laughs> and, and the Bad Batch we have, we have Echo <laughs> 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 like in the in the second episode when they're trying to like when they're hacking the office it's Echo doing it <laughs> I mean I did write down for the second episode that Echo is indeed a Swiss pocket knife yeah he's the droid but he's like <laughs> he's like more like he's more machine than man that's, that's what someone says which I don't agree with but uh, he, I think he's taken on the the astromech role. It makes me think if they if they will get a droid, like I think like a repro like a reprogrammed separatist droid could be a really cool traveling companion. But I'll uh, leave that for the theory section, I guess. Um, so after that scene, then which was yeah fantastic. I, lo- I love the order six. Like no matter how many times you show me order six, if you play Anakin's betrayal, yes. <laughs> I'm like I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I have engaged. Like it's, it's it just is, so good. It's also a thing I, I wrote down about I how how I just really love how they can reuse Palpatine's sure. speech oh, a million yeah. times literally do you mean the order 66 one yeah oh it's fantastic like it's like and it just, just it doesn't get old it's always good it's just absolutely it's a classic like i could oh i suppose one thing we haven't discussed which we can discuss before we move on to the next scene they recreated some scenes from revenge of the sith for the opening like the scene where yeah. obi-wan knocks like battles the magna guard in the in the like the, the bridge. Anakin freeing Palpatine. We does as we as we weird like ooh when I gets when the the boys get hit and then Grievous like cackling in the in the escape pod. I think that that general Grievous model, they've used it for four seconds. Like it was like in the introduction to the Siege of Mandalore where he's just like standing there staring for like a second and then is this where he's like do 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 pressing the buttons. I wonder if they're planning anything more with that. Like I mean, it you... was just the. Like, that was model, wasn't it? No, but it was, a, it was a completely new model for season was seven. It? 
Yeah, completely new. If you if you look oh, at oh, you the, mean like Far Season Seven, the new one? Yes. Yep. Okay, I did not follow that. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, like the new, the new, because like the the models they use in that opening bit for Anakin, Obi Wan, Palpatine, they were they'd all been created already, but the Grievous one was new, and they used it for four seconds. So, I've seen a lot of people thinking maybe they could be planning some more Clone Wars era animations. Um, I, I would, I would kind of like assume just, that. <laughs> yeah, just fire them on Disney Plus, like maybe seeing R sixty six from more perspectives i don't know i but i'm I'd definitely down for that um so after that scene then we arrive on um camino and they're like oh, how long has it been since we've been away um and they get i think the, the main thing that that strikes them initially is that when they're approaching camino they have an escort and the escort's kind of asking like what are your clearance codes and all this and they're like yeah eh? what's going on here and they think it's like they god do not do they not know who we are and i don't think it's meant to be like a bad way it's more just like What's going on here, really? Um, so they land on Camino. They think it's like a drill. And then you have like the Senate guard walking by. Um, there's a dead Jedi. Um, I've seen some people thinking it was Shakti because she was like training the clones on Camino. But there was a line in the Siege of Mandalore where at the very beginning when when Obi-Wan gives Ahsoka her blue lightsabers and Obi-Wan rocks in and he's like, Grievous has attacked the capital. Shakti has been assigned to protect the Chancellor. I think a lot of people forget that line. So Shakti wouldn't, wouldn't be on. Camino, and also it's nothing. It looks nothing like Shakti. This body, like the hands, a different color. It's not her lightsaber, but it's. I think it's just meant to show you that. Look, boys, this, this has happened everywhere. You know, people um, be dead. Yeah, like the Jedi are just gone, and like I, I love the just the bad batches re- reaction to everything, and then they're like, uh, one thing I think is really cool as well is that I think it's Hunter, maybe. Like he says, the regs, the the regs are acting weird. Like so, even they notice that, like the. The vibe of the clones has completely changed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Echo's like, oh, I'll test it, or like, text, like, I'll test it. And he's like, excuse me, sorry. And he's like, get back in line. He's like, looks that the same is, to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just like, even just walking through the halls, like, the, the Senate Guard's a different thing, but like, all, apart from the Bad Batch, which is like an abnormal unit, like, moving down this hallway, all individuality from the clones is just gone. And it's like, ah, it's just, it's just like sad, you know? Um, so then we have the scene in there, like, uh, barracks. Um, we have a bit of a confrontation with Crosshair, where he's like, mm, you because know, something. Crosshair starts to be a bum. Like yeah. <laughs> and then they get their summons where they go to see Palpatine's speech from Revenge of the Sith, where he announces the creation of the Empire. And something like Echo just going, Galactic Empire, when the Imperial March yeah. is playing. Oh, great. It's, it's funny as well. I, whenever I think of that speech in my head... I can. I'm not just picturing the speech. I'm picturing the scene. So whenever he says "Galactic Empire," all I hear is the rise in the music when Anakin's killing the Separatists. <laughs> so, so not hearing the music was strange. Galactic Empire. Oh, you know, the, 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 the choir starts going. Um, but like, and then one of them says, "Then is, is it tech?" Goes like, "Still don't believe yeah. the regs. The regs are programmed." Yeah, and it zooms yeah. out, and they're just all, they're all just like, "Yes, <laughs> Palpatine." <laughs> um. But and they're um, standing there and they're like, what the fuck is going yeah. on? My they're God, like, what? this is not normal. It's like, yeah, it's like, and then you really see the like all the clones are just like, yeah, they're the clones we knew are gone. Um, and the, the Palpatine, it's, it's the same thing you said with the Order 66 scene, right? The, the Palpatine speech is so good, just just you keep using it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, the I don't know if it's just me, but the Imperial Camino feels scary. <laughs> Like, it's just, like, something really eerie about it. Like, it reframes, like, the, the dark, stormy atmosphere, which previously was, like, really bright and everything inside, and, like, there's all clones bombing about, and 
you see the cadets walking down the hallway at one point as well and they're just like stony faced staring ahead it's like oh come on not them too but obviously it would have been them too no definitely um, it's a it's a scary atmosphere it's like the whole whole sense about it i guess is that it is a scary atmosphere that is nothing human about this anymore yeah it's like ah oh, there's a but bum me out huh? um and then we i think we briefly meet omega for the first time they meet her in like the hallway right um because they, they initially yeah, saw her standing they, beside do you meet her at the hallway because she's their biggest fan yeah, I think they saw like they saw her when they were watching Palpatine's speech. Like, she was standing next to you. I think it was Nalase or whichever Kamen Owen was up there. And then she like they look away and then she, they look back to where she was and she's gone. And then they, they meet her in the hallway. Um, but so we'll we'll be talking about Omega be, briefly after we discuss the episodes. Uh, I love her. Yep. <laughs> I, I remember agree. watching the I remember watching the trailer and I know some people were kind of hesitant because like oh it's a, it's a child character. I just wanted to be about the bad batch. Yep, 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 yep. I think she's great. Yeah, I mean, I, I still was kind of a skeptic when I saw her in the in the trailer, just because like, who the fuck knows who that is? Yep. Like, I didn't have any personal connection to to a random child in that trailer, of course. Sure. Still, like, took me think- about two minutes, and then I loved her. You're immediately endeared. Yeah. I I think like I I think her accent is great. Like, it's like. It's funny if you think about it, like that's again that's what the clones like really sound like because they're they almost sound like Tamara Morrison, whereas like I think it's Michelle Ang is um Omega's voice actress and she actually is from New Zealand, so that's why the accent is like it, it kind of sticks out more than the clones do because obviously Dee Bradley Baker's not from New Zealand he's he's American like so, um but I you know I think she's great um and we'll kind of talk more about her as we go but just thought we hit that initial point is like her intro- like her introduction, I I loved it I thought she was really really adorable um and then obviously Tar- tarkin rolls in and he's chatting to i think he's chatting to lamasu the when they're they're sitting in the little spoon chairs discussing their contracts and tarkin's like the republic does not exist anymore <laughs> he's like oh come on tarkin don't be like that um he's just like you, you know the the camels are sitting there like oh for god's sake huh? is this man really going to argue semantics or semantics but he's like what like it's funny, something I never thought about. Like, even though I thought about the closing of the clone factories, is how the Kaminoans would feel. <laughs> like, this is their business. And then you got this boy rocking in here. He's like, true. don't need you anymore. We're going to hire boys instead. And Kaminoans are like, but it's true. But I never thought crap. about that, really. They just earned their money for um, quite a few years by yeah. cloning people. But cloning for the Amp, for the Republic, cloning and cloning Django? One, one people, actually. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the wee <laughs> but, jar of Django. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, he, like, he's like our contract stipulated. Though. He's like your contract was with the Republic, which does not exist. It's like ah, and then he's, he talks about like the uh, precarious state the Empire is in. But obviously, we know the like, Empire will go on to last for a very long time. Um, and then he calls in the clones for their like training scene. Um, and I think they do a great job of like, um, if this was like a normal simulation, though, they they like ace it and then Tarkin's like, switch a light fire. Because Tarkin's like Echo. Echo has the whole it bit just where like shows how much uh, the Empire, or like maybe also Tarkin specifically, mm-hmm. just don't actually care about the clones and what happens to them. Yep. And Echo has the bit where he's like, because like obviously him and Tarkin have history from the Citadel, and yeah, Tarkin didn't really like the clones that much. He kind of just saw them as like expendable, like an expendable workforce, really. I mean, <laughs> I to be fair, a lot of Jedi um did share that belief you're not wrong my, all my homies hate 
Punk Rail. Uh, Miss Wonder as well. Oh, Miss was like, yeah. Miss was, yeah, kind of. I, my mind just immediately goes to Punk Rail, but he was kind of his yes, own he, thing, he right? Too, though. Yeah. Um, but he, he barely was um, in it, I guess. It, yeah. <laughs> also, sure. Like, he, I wouldn't really consider him be, being part of that uh, perceived as good squad. Nah, he's stinky. Yeah. Um. So they, they bring up the new troopers, which remind me of a design that I don't think you've seen in Rebels yet. I think it's from like season three. Um, but as soon as I saw them, I was like, okay, I think this, I think these ones in the Bad Batch are a precursor to this. Um, I've seen some people compare them to the Dark Troopers from the Mandalorian. Uh, like these could be like the, the first phase of Dark Troopers. But I think in the Mandalorian, they say that the, they started as suits and then became droids. So it wouldn't make sense for them to be droids at the very beginning as well. So I think it's more along the lines of being tied to the things from Rebels, but if they want to say they're start they're like phase one dark troopers, I can see that as well, I'm sure. And they have this the scene there where they take them down, like crosshair shooting the knife. Excellent. Um and then it's like them ripping apart the the bots was, was great and showing everyone doing their own thing. I love it. Echo just jams as <laughs> it jams as we ask for my hand and they like the back of its neck and knocks it out. Mm-hmm. Um and then sunshine like jump through scenes because obviously we don't spend too long. Um, and then they have the bit in like the, um, the clone room where they have like all the pods with all the the babies in them, and they oh, what they I, mentioned what I wait, what I still did write down about that whole training thing, mm-hmm. uh, scene, was the only thing I really had to think about that whole scene is when are they going to make a bad batch video game? Oh yeah, that was like, I, mean, I need it. I want it in my life. You could make exactly just this part of that first episode <laughs> into a whole video game. <laughs> I mean, the kind of the perception I'm getting is that so in Legends there was the Republic Commandos, which appeared briefly in canon in Clone Wars, like whenever they first introduced Savage Press, when he like killed a bunch of Jedi, like the the Delta Squad, I think they're called, brought the body back. But they haven't done anything else in canon, whereas they have their Republic Commando video game. Um, which got recently got re-released, but it's like a Legends video game, right? And then they have a bunch of comics and stuff. So I think the perceived notion is that the Bad Batch are basically the canon versions of the Republic Commandos, even though the, those people still exist. Um, so like, if if that game did successfully, I don't see why not why not a Bad Batch game. So I would definitely be down for it as well. I just want more games, but that's like a different, <laughs> different story. Uh, yeah, I will. I would happily take it. You know, list even longer. Put on the list. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they ha- they have the scene then in the in the room with all the the babies and um, Tarkin asks how many of the like, enhanced clones they have and they say five and like it didn't I didn't think about it initially I just like yep the bad batch boys and then obviously they mean also, Omega yes scene with all the all the clone babies um, how there was that whole fan theory about Omega being the last clone mm-hmm. at Assuming least in the literal way can't be true. Yep, that makes it. Yeah, I hadn't even thought of that. There's like tons of them left. Yep. Although my I mind mean, goes who to who knows if those are even going to be born still, or if they're yep. just going to dispose them, like chuck them in the bin. <laughs> yep. Yep. I was just about to say, <laughs> my mind goes to a very dark not, place. Not the last clone. Yeah, that that is fair. Yeah, there my was mind clones cloned still. My mind goes to a very dark place when I think about what's going to happen to those little baby clones. Yeah. I, rather not but yeah I, I i completely agree i just even though it was extremely obvious in that room don't even think about it um 
So then we move on and we get the Bad Batch boys are hired to go to um, the Onderon system to deal with a bunch of Separatist insurgents. Cap. Um, we have the first little like moment between um, Omega and Hunter where she's like, Camino isn't safe. You know, we need to get out of here. Um, which is a really nice moment, but obviously... Like, when, when Hunter still tried to make Omega stay there. <laughs> yeah, the first attempt. Yeah. <laughs> So they then they head to um, Onderon, where some really like tasty music. I don't know, it's like one of my favorite pieces of music mm-hmm. from the episode. Mainly when they get to the camp. Um, Something other but... tasty in that camp. <laughs> sure, we'll get that. <laughs> uh, so they get they get to Onderon. It's it looks gorgeous. Um, and they can't get any droid signatures, obviously because there are no droids about. Um, they find the camp and Crosshair is like, just let me shoot this old lady. <laughs> just let me shoot her. <laughs> Yet um, another moment where it is made very clear that Crosshair is indeed an absolute bum. Yeah, I do feel bad for him because, like, you know, it was the programming, but yeah, he's like, he's he's kind of gone to the stage. So they, like, you know, they get surrounded by the, I guess, the early partisans. They get brought to the camp where they meet Saw, which is... And a really nice transitional new model between like the Clone Wars and yes. uh, Rogue One. I do want and... to talk about it in, in the way that I would just like to know what happened to Saw Gerrera between the Clone Wars uh-huh. and Bad Batch. Uh-huh. And then between Bad Batch and Rogue One. Uh, sure. There are some stories. Because whatever him. happened to him is I mean, good. you have the experience of canon, right? So... Yeah, there's a uh, quite a lot you are missing. So when did Sagarera get hot? <laughs> it's funny, like it, 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 then it, it's and like when this transitional. When did he stop being hot? <laughs> he comes forward. Ah, oh, I don't hate my man for what a girl I got. No, no, I don't. But he's not hot. Oh, disgraceful. I'm sorry. He's. I mean, he's also just just old. Oh, terrible. Huh? I do. I think the voice actor. I, I believe it's the same voice actor from the Clone Wars does a really good job of adding a bit of Forrest Whitaker to his voice. Yeah. I real I really like that whole bit with him. And I mean, the whole I, conver- love, I love Forrest Whitaker as Saw Gerrera. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. I absolutely no, love no. him. He's a great cast, but, you know. Just something different. It's, about, just, just, it's not the bad badge, Saw Gerrera. Sure, yeah. <laughs> it's like, the scene is really good as well, Like because it's, it's not like massively long or anything, but... Like he has the whole bit where he like talks about like, come on, Palpatine has everything now, yeah. and he calls he, he like basically he calls Tech out like Tech's like, but the Jedi attacked him. He was defending himself. He's like, I thought you were the smart one. Tech's like, oh, <laughs> Tech gets kind of taken aback. But I think that whole scene's really good. Um, he's like, look at look at the kind of people you're you've been sent to kill. You know, it's just like kids and old people and you know just just like people who are escaping like republic forces and stuff like that Saw Gerrera yeah. was always good to uh talking to people and making them realize things the, f- the folly of their ways yeah, yeah either that or or just just telling telling them to fuck off it just really he has a bit as well like everything we've lost with them for nothing like obviously talking about extila and stuff yeah. it's like Saw Gerrera, like he goes immediately from fighting the Clone Wars into fighting the Empire, and he fights the Empire until the day he dies. It's like, what a life! Like, it's an awful life. He like he has a bit like was committed. Yeah, like the Clone Wars have ended, but the the Civil War has begun. Obviously, like the Galactic Civil War. Like, but the, the, he will fight this fight until it kills him. Like he is in Rogue One. He he has a purpose. Mis- he definitely does. Yeah, like he's so driven. Like he's in Rogue One. He's missing a leg. He can barely breathe. He's like, there's not much to be left. 
because like he's he is gone high and then he just like whenever the Death Star fires on Jeddah, he just he's just like this is up you know this is this is my time to go it's like just just rest man you know like you've just done so much um but I thought the saw scene was, was fantastic very very important shit though like he that man has a legacy yep that is very, much very much much bigger than him oh yeah like the stuff he like he got the message to Jin about the death star like the, the stuff he has affected has been the, the stuff massive. he still like more or less did after he had died already it's impressive yeah like a like an ongoing legacy type thing um i just realized we're just there's just so much to talk about with the bad batch this will probably be the, the rest did, of our podcast like, yes i did you know, um tell you that we're never going to get this done in an hour but it's, i mean <laughs> if we go over there it's fine by it's me and the rest of the topics we can just leave for later because you know bad batch is the main thing we can maybe touch on the, the oh yes omega stuff um so like uh, they come back from still that omega is an enhanced clone indeed which one, yep, at the end one of... could have assumed before due to all of her interactions with the bad batch sure basically trying to tell them exactly that i can't wait to discuss some of the, the theory stuff about her because yep. it's so interesting but yeah um yes we do like, yeah they have the bit where they they see the imperial probe droids following them and like the jedi never did that and then crosshair is like that you know of. i was like crosshair stop <laughs> like i get it's not, i know it's not his fault but it's like it's just fun, funny to be like stop it stop yeah. it uh, so like Tarkin's been spying on them. They land back and they're like, "Oh shit, you know, we're in trouble." Uh, they get immediately arrested. They get thrown in prison um, where they remake. They remeet uh, Omega. Also, Az Az three is still about after, like on Camino. Yeah. Like he, it was Omega, which is great. Although he, I believe they took him at the end of the Fives arc to like wipe his memory, but it's still him. He still it's still the same voice actor. He still talks the same way. But ugh, when he when the clone like stuns him, I hope he's okay. Like I don't know what's I I don't know what stun bolts do to a droid. Like and the, the light goes out of his eyes as well, so I hope he's okay. But I don't know. Um. So they throw they throw, obviously throw a mega in prison. They have the whole bit in prison, where there's some like really interesting conversations between like, like Omega and like Crosshair. Crosshair has a conversation with Hunter. Um. They take Crosshair out and they see that although, it's not as strong because of the modifications to his DNA that the the Order sixty six action is still in place. So they they obviously crank it up. The rest of them break out of the jail. Um, they get their stuff, and then on the way out, Crosshair appears, and Omega is like, before the door even opens, she's like, "He's like, uh, you'll not have to go far or whatever." Um, and we see Crosshair in his new gear, and I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, "That looks like a proto Death Trooper armor." Like the black suit, like it's not as black as the Death Troopers, and it's definitely a different armor, but the black with the like the neon green visor, I was like, "That looks definitely like a Death Trooper." Like the colors, the color scheme at least. So, I wouldn't be surprised if he's like the proto Death Trooper before they actually get the Death Trooper program going. So, um, then they they have the shootout where Omega also shoots the gun out of his hand. It's like, uh, never shot a blaster before. I'm like, mm, interesting, interesting. Um, then they get on the ship uh, and like Nalase is like they're like trying to close the the hangar doors. Nalase is like holding the button down like, <laughs> get, be free. Um, so they get on the ship, they take off. And Nalase and the other Kamino and Kamino for Slamasu or whoever are like, until the Empire makes their intentions known, just say nothing. And they take off into space with like the really cool shot of like Omega looking at hyperspace. I think we had something with Rebels, with Ezra, the same sort of thing. And they say they're off to J19, which people interpret it to be Sulukamai. Interpreted correctly. But uh, so, so off they go. Um, 
I think that whole like the whole like last scene on Camino was really good as well. Um, like obviously it sucks seeing Crosshair be like any chance of like stopping what's happening to him basically be like reverted, you know. But I think he'll be a really fun foil to the Bad Batch throughout the season. So it does like... kind of even the odds a little bit. Sure. Yeah. Like at least now the Empire like has one of the defected clones. Yeah, it also means, like, um, kind of what Rebels did by introducing, like, the Inquisitors is that you don't always have to pit them against characters we know. You know, you have to give them, like, a new threat because yeah. you don't want to tie them into, like, Tarkin all the time or Invader's out there somewhere. So, um, which I do think we will see. I think we'll see Vader. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially because they got I that Season 7 so. model. Yeah, like, they got that model for, like, that last scene on the end of the Siege of Mandalore. I think we'll absolutely see him again. Um, but th- here is our bad batch specific threats it's like you know bad crosshair basically um yeah i thought the first episode was really good like it doesn't feel like 70 minutes and i've seen it twice now um i saw it myself on the opening morning and then i rewatched it with my friend who i'm taking through star wars so it doesn't feel like 70 minutes either way like i think it all like rolls along really really well um but yeah very uh very pleased with it and then Episode two. As soon as I saw episode two, it was called Cut and Run. I was like, "Oh, we're getting the man. We're getting the man." <laughs> um, so yeah, we, we had to Saluka Mai. We re meet with Cut Quinn and his family. Um, I love the moment of Omega oh, just f- feeling things for the first time. She feels what sun is like. She sees what dirt is. Like all she's ever known has been darkness and rain and metal. And here I have my first real good point about this episode which is more of like a film theory thing and i've already like told you about basically Mm -hmm. but omega is a very very good plot device yeah she is at the same time the that that born yesterday stereotype of the person who has never seen sunlight and like you know of this like you did not see the fifth element we have established that but like lilo from the fifth mm. element she just Gotta doesn't know shit. she just needs to have stuff explained to her and at sure. the same time she also is the person who knows stuff but about all of that clone stuff like she is the one who tells the bad batch and cut about the inhibitor chips and yep she knows about that kind of stuff so she can explain that to others and others mm-hmm. can explain more of the general real life world situation stuff to her which does make I, it i mean for the people who did not watch clone wars or basically any other star wars star, uh, star wars content mm-hmm. makes it still watchable without That's having good. like only huge question marks in in your head and not getting anything that's happening mm-hmm. and without still like over explaining things in a way that does not make sense you know? makes sense to me yeah, yeah. no i think she, she, she has been doing a really good job like like endearing herself to the audience but also like yeah serving serving a purpose in the story like she's very much like the and a lot of the animated shows do this is you know, it's like your, your your entry level as a audience member like ezra and rebels ahsoka in clone wars um I guess it would, yeah. I mean, it would be you need a character cat. who doesn't know shit. 
just yeah. just so you can explain stuff to the audience. It's just so you can you can learn like stuff with them. How it is. Yeah, and it's like uh, Kaz in Resistance as well. Um, so they meet the Cuts family who are all still living on Sulukamai. There's a uh, a Nexu kind of stalking the farm nearby, which is I've always loved that design from Attack of the Clones. Um, so it's really I, cool to see I it just again. Love the design of Nexu. Yeah, just really really cool. Uh, I like it a lot. Uh, I love Cuts' new model as well. Um, but like I, I do find it. Like Cuts, right? I mean. <laughs> His, his, his hair is different than everything, you know. He's been been on this planet for a little bit longer. Yeah, his hair grew. All right. <laughs> I, I, I think it's uh, nice that they met the one clone who probably has experience being a father. Um, so it gives because it pa- another thing, this is this is an and- another Mandalorian, like another the Mandalorian kind of story. Yeah, at least the figuring out how to be a parent and yeah. At least this this episode, this episode, especially because I've been rewatching season one of The Mandalorian, it's very much like I think it's chapter four, Sanctuary. It's called the one where um, they arrive on Sorgan, and that's um, where we meet like Cardoon. It's the episode with the ATST, and then at the end of the episode, like Din wants to leave Grogu with the the farmer, the the, the, the krill farmers, whatever they are, because um, there's like lo- other kids there, and then obviously the bounty hunters are still after him so he has to take Rogi back yeah and um, i would so imagine de- that to be definitely a topic that will come up more in future episodes well here's the thing so like obviously they don't want to fall into making this just like feel like the mandalorian 2 really and i think that this like the first two episodes had vibes of all three like i think it had rebels clone wars and mandalorian vibes but a big difference i think between the Mandalorian and the Bad Batch, which I think is going to establish it going forward, and it's made, it means it won't fall into that trap, is that Omega can actually voice her opinions, whereas Grogu can't. And Omega can very easily establish what she wants, whereas Grogu is just a sleepy baby, you know, when he just kind of <laughs> has I to mean, go like, he, like, he uses still, the force and falls asleep. It's still about parenting, and it's still going to come up in the future. 100%. Still, and I feel like it's... Maybe almost going to be a bit of like sitcom vibes at, at points because it's just that group of friends that group sure. of brothers basically trying yeah. to as one Braze. being good parents ah. for this child see i like i do like that like i i do um it is, it is like a, a trope like the um the i don't want to say like disgruntled but like the hardened like like older man who has to learn to be like, like reluctantly it, learns it to be a father and then <laughs> but 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 i i love that trope huh? i yeah. like last of us love it Especially, mandalorian yeah, love I it mean, hunter is just such such a nice nice hunter's dude. really he's just, good he's yeah. just as it was already he was already kind of the the father figure of the group he was always sure the responsible one and the one who knew what to do and kind of yep. a bit like the leader because everyone yep. else let's face it is a little bit bonkers <laughs> yeah that's a, wasn't that what tech was saying and like episode one is like hopefully it's not a mental evaluation because we'll never pass <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no uh, like especially in this one like the advice he gets from um cut like the hunter stuff is really good like he, he took a bit more, more of a back um step back from the action but it was because he had a lot of uh, nice like character beats with with omega and like obviously then we had the and uh, it's good they, they kind of got out of the way like early like the whole like we'll leave her behind because it's not safe for her here and then o- omega actively makes the choice to come with them like it's not as if in the in 
the Sanctuary episode of Mandalorian that Grogu's like, uh, excuse me, done. Mm-hmm. Uh, can, can you come back for a wee second? Grogu's just he's just vibing eating frogs. Like he doesn't, he can't really do anything. <laughs> And like he's mentally still, he's only a child. Whereas like Omega's a child too, but you know she can. Grogu's a toddler and Omega's a child. That is the difference sure. here. Yeah. Um. So I think that's like gonna be like the main difference is that Omega can actually say things, you know, and she can actually contribute to conversations. Well, she's actually helping the group as well, right? She like. And she, she definitely she, she... also will uh, have some 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 good stuff to bring to that cube group, even though we maybe don't already know what that will be mm-hmm. but i mean that's that's theory crafting time or not <laughs> yeah. uh but yeah i mean she's like she, she sneaks out of the prison like she gets into the, the vent um she's able to take the the little chain codes to the the boys because she's like smaller and more nimble but you but know uh, it's like it's like the bad badge everyone has like that one thing they're especially good at basically everyone's mm. their own superhero with their own superpower yeah as i've seen people compare them to the tmnt which i can i can agree with um <laughs> or just I suppose... the avengers or just every other kind of superhero group yeah but especially very early on in the clone war season seven they were very tmnt which i i was completely <laughs> down for um, I suppose because this one's only 20 minutes, I don't need to specifically jump to the episode. We can just talk, kind of talk about it briefly as a whole. I want um, to point out that Rekka wearing a poncho and a hat <laughs> did remind me a lot of Kronk. Of Kronk? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's like the big, like, softy, kind of, I guess. The big himbo boy in the poncho being being a softy. I think I, I, lo- I love that outfit as well. looked like that. Yeah, the outfit looked great. I love like when it he's was like very funny to me. It was really funny to me <laughs> when he's like trying to knock out the clones, and he's like, "I have it in this hand. I have it in this hand." <laughs> Bang, knocking the other. Um, so they um they they brought they like introduced like chain codes here as well, which is like you know exchange your currency, sign up for a chain code, and you'll be able to light off planet. Um, so chain codes were in the Mandalorian, like whenever Boba shows um Din the little bit of writing, you yes. know the hologram where she was like. Django Fett's name and she was that he's a Mandalorian. That's like their chain code. So I believe the idea is that you know, so obviously everyone signs up to these like database or whatever and gets your information in. And I believe that's then used with the tracking fobs from the Mandalorian. Because like I've been rewatching it, my mate's like, how did that even work? You know, the tracking fobs, like, how do they know Grogu's like out in this planet? Don't know who that said anymore in that episode, but I thought it was very good um how whoever it was said all the clones were basically fighting to not be yeah like, not want to be a number and now people an are echo. getting si- uh, signing up to to get one assigned to them yeah to be it was, it was, e- it was echo when him and the te- him attacker on the ship yeah that was a really really nice moment um and then like omega was like chilling in the front chair <laughs> i think it's funny like, she, she omega takes off her little kaminoan headband thing and her, her hair kind of falls down and i think it looks i think it's a very you know, it looks really nice. It Obviously, her hair is a bit more messy. Like, like so. it was, it it also really had some sort of significance to her. Well, she was, and this is going to play into the theories, but again, but like all the all the Kaminoans have that. Like at least Lam or does. She has the same thing on her head. Um, so I guess it was just like that was part of her outfit, disguise, whatever you want to call it. Um, so then yeah, like obviously, like, like they happily get cut in his family off. 
so look at mine and one of the clones like to cut like you look mm-hmm. like and then he gets called away like he's like you look like me is that what he's going to say yeah. <laughs> um um but the, the hat and the the hair and all and obviously the fact that he's maybe because of some sort of individuality has been stripped from the clones it's not as easy to see you know but they get off planet which is really nice and then um omega rejoins the group and you know makes her stance clear which i think is nice and then she has like the nice moment of hunter uh, with hunter i should say and also i love to especially in episode one where she's like copying his mannerisms <laughs> i think yeah. it's really cute like uh when he, when he puts up the hand to like tell him to stop when they're trying to creep around the corner and she like even though she's no reason to do it because she's like a person back and she can't see what's around the corner she also does it uh, and like whenever they're sitting in the cell talking she's like resting her head on her hand and then he puts it on her knee when he does as well. And if you like, if you watch her throughout the scene, she's just constantly watching him to see what he's doing, which I, which <laughs> I think is just, just, it's just a real, big fan. I think it was really nice. Like so, um, I I have heard like the the, the episode summary for next time, but I'll not I'll not mention obviously. But I'm really like really curious to see where we're gonna go. Um, I'm I've been really enjoy- like having two episodes in one week was fantastic, especially because one was seventy minutes. Yep. And uh, so I, I was a, I was a, a big fan. Um, any other points you want to discuss from Cut and Run? Before we end with a I do bit not of theory. think so. Uh, so how how have you felt about this first? Day? We kind of mentioned the show, like, but um, do you like? Did did you enjoy episode two? I thought oh, it was yes. really good. Like, I I like the character stuff a lot in it. Yeah, just like only thing is, it seemed very short and sure. I mean, after the seventy minutes, obviously yep. it seemed very short. You haven't watched any of the animated stuff live, have you? Yep. Yep, as in I haven't, I have or yep, not. as in I have. So, oh yeah, so like the, the waiting a week for 25 minutes is a new experience. Mm. It's, it, is, it is quite painful at times. At least with The Mandalorian, you know, they could like, the episode time was flexible. So, um, but yeah, it's it's good fun. And I, I just wake up an hour before work and watch it, you know, and then with it only being 25 minutes, I just play games until work starts. Um, so I guess we can end with a little bit of a Omega theory crafting because I think there's, I think that's one of the spiciest bit of discussion that's kind of going on right now or around her so they have the bit in this episode where in cut and run where i'm gonna say tech but that could be wrong where he's like the kaminoans made all the clones for a reason what's hers yeah um so i, I think if the idea like, the, it was just like that point where, where you're like if you did not think about this before now now is your hmm. time to think about it yeah now the time to start thinking dumbass yeah like um, I believe the idea is with the Bad Batch is that they found these mutations and they like enhanced them or whatever and then that obviously messed up the, the chip and then Echo is just a, is a reg that got basically everything special about Echo was the Techno Union um, it's funny every time I think of the Techno Union I think of the, the scene in Attack of the Clones when the Separatists are all at the table and Watt Tambor's there yeah. and he's like the, the, the Techno Union right. <laughs> you know when he like has the fucking when his, when his voice all goes fucked yeah um, so I, I just think about that consistently like um so i've seen some and uh, whenever i was watching especially aftermath the first episode i got like an empathic kind of vibes from her like she's like when she goes and sits by crosshair and it's like it's not your fault she says i know what you're going to do yeah she, she she knows she's aware she she knows about people and she knows about stuff that's happening we already got that vibe when in the first episode she tried to tell hunter about how they should not go because something bad's going to happen and they yep. can never come back when they go now basically yep yeah and she has like she says like we don't have to wait long before crosshair gets here 
before the doors open. Yeah. Granted, that just that could be just because she heard footsteps, but nah. it's you know it's it's quite specific mm-hmm. as well. She can fire the gun like immediately without without any training, and you could say that there's a bit in the um in the actual the Clone Wars where I think it's during the Battle of Kamino, where like one of the clones maybe might have been fives or one of the cap one of the captains like our training is in our blood. So you could say it's kind of it could be something like that, but. She, I don't know. I uh, just think it is. She has uh, some sort of feeling for that kind of stuff. She has very good intuition. Maybe she just knew for reasons we cannot explain, or we could maybe um, theorize over. Um, that's already that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like she, she knows. She just knew when to when to do it and how to do. It. Right here, we are setting after episode two. You have to. You're putting your money on the table. Is she force sensitive? Do I have to put my money on the table? <laughs> yeah. What are you? What are you thinking right now? I am thinking it could just as well be the case, but they did like genetic ge- genetically make those clones be the way they are. They were not just like some accidents. If they could uh, just make Jedi, if they please, why would they mm-hmm. only have made Omega? So, which would lead yeah. back to: Is she the last clone who uh, survived? I guess the whole cloning mm-hmm. process. Who was actually born? But I mean, she's also not. She's also not a toddler anymore, and I True. would definitely believe that some clones were still born after her. And we're mm-hmm. still made after her, so yeah. I don't. I don't know if they would just be able to basically make force-sensitive children if, they, like, however they want to. Why would I mean, there not be many more of those? One of the main things I see people discussing, and which I agree with, is like she's kept so secret. Like they don't tell anyone she's a clone. They just say she's like Nalase's um, helper. You know, she. She wasn't trained like a clone. She wears the Kaminoan headdress to further keep up the disguise. They don't, like, they, they completely they, gloss over yeah. the fact. If they even made her be a girl, basically, because we, I don't think we ever yeah. saw another female clone. Nope. So, so like, you could, would, could... we would just in the first place not even assume that they, she could be yep. a clone. And that's it. Maybe that's the idea. Maybe, maybe they um altered her chromosomes to make her um female to help the to keep to hide her even more you know maybe so, they just did what, maybe they just made her for themselves but it could potentially be yeah I mean, maybe, but like, still why would they not make more maybe it only worked once you know so one of the things i've seen discussed is that in the mandalorian the so after Return of the Jedi, the Empire falls, quote unquote. We know from we know from canon that the Empire doesn't officially die until the Battle of Jakku, which is like a good while later. Um, and in the Mandalorian, they're trying to like take Grogu's blood, right? Like throughout the Mandalorian, they're trying to get his blood. We assume we, we see we see the things in in vats or whatever, like the the bodies. Um, and there's a lot of speculation that that was towards like the early Palpatine clones and maybe like the, the, the Strand casts. So. One thing I have I have seen discussed is that I mean I could uh, imagine that to just be investigating what makes force sensitive people be force sensitive, and it is just easy to take a little child who can't 
can't do shit against that, which we have mm -hmm. um, in the Mandalorian had to yep. realize that that is not the case. They can definitely do something against it. Yeah. Um, it's like... But sure, I mean, that could could indeed be related. One thing I think would be really... I mean, they they talk about, like, M-Count in Mandalorian. Like, so one thing I'd be very curious is how Kamino comes out of this series. Because it could be very possible if something bad happens to Kamino and then the fragments of the Empire after Return of the Jedi have to take matters into their own hands. And that's why they've got... Like, because the, uh, the Pershing guy from Mandalorian, the scientist, yeah. he's, from he's from Kamino. Like, he has yeah. a Kaminoan patch on his shoulder. So, like, has something happened to Kamino? And, like, now they have to rely on their own, like, tactics. Like, they've got a Kaminoan scientist who's a, a human but obviously worked on Kamino. Like, they have to do their own, like, crude, like, cloning process because something has happened to Kamino. They cut ties with it or it's been destroyed or something like that. So, like, I... I could see Omega maybe being, like, a potential successful, like the only successful maybe experiment in trying to like clone make a clone with like with like a high midichlorian count or something like that yeah i could imagine that thing is i could not imagine her being uh made on the empire's orders then because if oh she i don't was i don't made yeah. in the empire's orders she would not just chill on camino with with with, <laughs> with that woman just like walking around the place being being a normal child like they would have sent her to whatever kind Republic? of kind of trading facility uh, tra trading yeah training facility yeah to have her be like the best jedi they can make basically or mm -hmm. like not jedi in that case probably force force user i guess yeah. maybe i'm assuming you mean the republic yeah like during the clone wars yeah. and stuff yeah yeah that's why i think she was made in secret and kept secret just for the Kaminoans. But why um, would they that... make... Why, why would they... I mean... They do love their science. Yeah, maybe, they, I would maybe do just, they maybe just did it because... Because they wanted to see if they can. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they have they have access to... There's, there's Jedi on Kamino all the time training the clones. They probably have access to their blood. I would do it. <laughs> I mean... The question is like, if you if you can, should you? <laughs> should you clone you, people in the first place? Hmm. I mean, another another debate we could start right now. Yeah, I mean, but like, if, if I had the potential to at least try, I'd, I probably would. So I think like, I, I think that's what it is. Like, she because she she says it to Tarkin as well. Like, this is my assistant or whatever. I think she's like a secret. Ex at least right now, my current theory is that she's like a secret. Ex experiment that the Kaminoans did without the Republic knowing and Nalase wants to get her off Kamino successfully that's why she lets the, the Bad Batch escape with her so I'm very curious and some people are saying as well she has like Palpatine's hair like which, which okay sure Come it's a little bit no. close to Palpatine I don't, you never know but like I don't know at this stage would the Kaminoans be trying to do anything with Palpatine like unless he sent them his blood or something but i don't know right now if i'm like on the palpatine clone thing specifically with omega but i, mean, I like, think they she, she how, how would that even work like can you just mix two people and make a clone of them can't you just like they are every clone is a clone of of django yeah oh yeah the of the clone army yeah, yeah. So, like, <laughs> I mean, why Maybe. why would she have the whole New Zealand accent still happening? 
and all of Maybe. that. Can they just like mix up two two people together and make a clone that's like half this person and half that person? I have a counterpoint. So have you seen in season two of Rebels you had the episode with um Champs and Dula, right? Yeah. Right, so you know how the native language of Ryloth is like a French accent yeah. and Hera like puts puts on an accent. Is the native language of no. Naboo actually Come New on. Zealand? <laughs> and they all just like Come put on, on this like no, regal accent. <laughs> <Shut> <laughs> and and the clone the clone like strips away that societal accent and then you I hear what, what Pal- Palpatine would actually sound like. <laughs> there you go, problem solved, eh? <laughs> we've, we've we've solved it. <laughs> But, uh, My, nah, uh, the, other, the other theory would just be the other way around that Omega would not actually have that accent but she puts it <laughs> on to be more undercover and seem more like a normal clone basically uh, I think that is entirely possible I think but she no, might have had another accent no, and she just like no 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 I mean it's like you get your accent based on your surroundings right I mean so yeah okay, yeah so either she's going to sound like the clones or she's going to sound like the Kaminoans or she's going to sound like fucking AZ3 and she's going to talk <laughs> she's going to talk like this like you know what I, mean? I think I'd rather sound like have a, a a class New Zealand accent than sound like AZ3 um, but uh, yeah, there's one more thing I was going to say but it's completely left my mind so it's probably not that important like but I'll be really curious to kind of to see where it goes. Um, but I've been I've been really enjoying it so far. I like, could so. also just imagine. I mean, it it might have something. I mean, I would just like to say it's it, it might just be like some being a psychic in a, mm-hmm. a different uh, like having great intuition and great empathy in one person. That this is Star Wars. If you have great mm-hmm. intuition and great empathy, you are probably the force sensitive. Probably force, Just really the only, the only option you get. So because it's it's like the purveying fantastical thing, I guess it's like yeah, it makes sense. Like which is a Dathomir weird magic shit, dark dark side of it. Yeah. So I could I could see it, but I'll be very curious to kind of see what they uh, what they go on to do with with her. And we have like. 14 more episodes so and hopefully more seasons i believe it's kind of implied to be more seasons we just haven't got a official confirmation of a season two yet but it hasn't been said to be an event series if this goes well i can imagine yeah i mean i would absolutely assume that they would make that happen yeah i i remember what i was going to say do you think we are going to see omega rapidly age up throughout the series uh because the the, the clones all have advanced aging oh you're right I, th- I think it's very possible that, that yeah I think it's very possible we'll see her reach maturity very quickly throughout the, sh- the show I don't want that <laughs> unless something happens I mean, that's like, it, that. it might happen but I don't want it yeah like that's the question right so they, the, the clone army was genetically changed so they would grow quicker so they could be ready to fight did they also do that to Omega right, like, would, would they have would never, they have a reason she was never, if all of those force sensitive uh, theories are correct. She would never mm-hmm. have really been intended to be just another soldier, and she would yep. have to have enough time in her life and in her youth and all that uh, to yep. learn all the stuff she has to learn. Exactly. Like, is she like Boba? Like, is she an is she an unaltered clone in the sense that she won't be made to rapidly age? Because um, I was trying to think, like, 
if she wasn't made to rapidly age, could she be old enough at this stage? And then I was like, well, Boba was a young kid in Attack of the Clones, so we don't know when Omega was born. So she very easily could be this age. So I think it's um, it's funny. I just I, I said the thing about the rapid aging. I was like, well, maybe she just doesn't have it. So I don't know. I think if they... The great thing, about, again, about Star Wars, like jumping along the timeline, is that you very easily could have an older Omega somewhere down the line to show up on something. Oh, yeah. If she, she could, survives she the could, show. She could end up in whatever other show, of course. So I would, uh, I would definitely be down for that. Like, so like have her show up with like, if she gets her own armor during the show, like he just pops up with like the helmet and all, like kind of like seeing Bo-Katan's yeah. helmet and Mandalorian. Like, I-, I need it in my life. Like, so I'm very, very curious what happens to her. Like, but I'll be, I'll be interested to see if she does have the advanced aging. She might just not have it. I don't so. think so, because they, think- they built up. I mean, it wouldn't necessarily be against the rules to just, to just ditch all of that. But they built up to this whole family story and this whole mm-hmm. parenthood story and trying like the bad batch trying to be all together be one good parent to this child and mm-hmm. all i can i can just see how this will go into a direction of them all taking their own specific role in parenting this weird child they found basically <laughs> and weird t- child together too. they will make up one decent parent i like i do like that idea and i, I think it's good can definitely believe that this will be a theme that is going through this whole show and it might I, uh... also not because i wouldn't be the first time i'm wrong about theorizing i like about stuff i like the idea no i like the <laughs> idea i think I, like, I think it's quite good i like i like the idea of being like them all being like parts of a, the part of the parental figure. I think that's 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 really nice. They are all, like, like, I, you have so many people with so many uh, such good skills, like such good individual skills, and I just believe they are all going to try and teach whatever they can to Omega. There you go. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's very cozy. Yeah. Uh. So no, I I will uh, definitely down for that. So um. I think uh, we're pushing the hour and a half mark, so we can probably wrap it up here. So next week we'll be discussing episode three, whatever it may be called. And if we have some time left over, we can chat about what kind of new canon we then took Since over the last week or so. Since it's going to be one twenty-minute episode, probably Sad we're show. going to have we're going to some have extra time. time. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. So uh, thank you for joining me again today, Noodle. And uh, we'll speak to everyone in episode three. Bye. Goodbye.